Is Clue the funniest movie that has like no quotes? Huh. It's a good question. Think we, about. Okay, we, we, we were watching it last night. We watched and, the first half of Clue last night, and you were like kind of on your phone a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And Lydia kept saying, you missed it. Yeah. Because most of that movie just is looks. people saying like something with a straight face. Yeah. And then Tim Curry reacting. <laughs> yeah. Or one of the other people reacting. Because it's all, it's very visual. It's, oh. it's like a stage play. It's so visual. The, and very sexual. <laughs> yeah. But like, think of like what, what quotes are there that you could say that someone would be like, that's funny. The only thing I can think of that people quote a lot is just the flames flames on the side of my face that Madeline Kahn says when she's talking about how mad she is. She's so mad she can't speak. That's yeah. not even that funny unless you have it in context. Yeah. I, like, I hadn't seen the movie in a long it's time. It's so funny. It's very funny. But it's so hard to talk about why it's funny. If I tried to describe what I liked about the first half of Clue, or just Clue in general, what would I say? It's just, it's just a great setup. Like, the gags come quickly but yeah they're very subtle yeah and they're all very it's so situational every every joke and like would require like setup yeah it depends on the exact positioning of the people at the time yeah uh the guy being mr green being very awkward all the time and so when he leans up against this end table at the end of a long monologue he falls yeah like the the, he breaks the table by because he's been sitting on it and that breaks the tension and that's why it's so funny but that's such a you can't like quote that. Well, That's not like, like a yeah, funny thing yeah. to say. Or like this guy says something, and as he's doing it, he's like grabbing the woman's leg next to him. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah. It only like that's the joke is that he, what he's saying like doesn't he's a, fit with what he's doing. Right. Stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah. It's it's very Boy. it's very visual. Yeah. That is a weird movie. Yeah. Right. So then they had the scene where he gets everybody in the room. Yeah. And they all get their like gifts, which are like murder weapons. Yeah. And Mister Body's like gonna try to get them to all kill Tim Curry or yes. whatever. And I'm watching it, I'm thinking, how bizarre would this movie be if you didn't know anything about the board game? Totally. If you never played it. And people are like, oh, this guy gives them Why did, gifts. One of them opens it, and it's like a wrench. Why did they give the lady a candlestick? Why didn't they just give six guns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of you has the effective weapon. The rest of you have, like, bludgeoning. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, <laughs> Or, like, the rope. Somebody, like, Madeline Kahn gets... A hangman's noose? Yeah, and it's like four feet of rope on the end. It wouldn't work. You're not going to hang anybody with that. Yeah. You're not even going to be able to choke anybody out. Or like Just the, give six guns. Or like, or like a bunch of knives. The candles, <laughs> yeah. the candlestick, there's like probably like eight other candlesticks in the room. They're in a giant <laughs> mansion. Yeah. There's all candlesticks. This you guy probably just grabbed it and put it in a box. Yeah. Maybe he, just... He just <laughs> that's it. They just ran out of like, all yeah. right, I'm going to give him six guns. He had one gun. He had one knife. And then he's like, ooh, I know. I'll do a noose because that's like... People die like that, right? Yep. He was just not. And he's like, uh, I got this spare pipe. He was like four beers into his plan at that point. <laughs> he decides to put in a hangman's noose. Uh... Uh, here we go. There's a candlestick next to me. Yes. And the best part is that he introduces it as, these are all murder weapons. (laughs) Yeah. Are they? Are they? Come on. Thank you so much. 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 Okay, after we went and saw RoboCop this week, I asked you a question immediately. (laughs) And we're kind of... I don't want to just jump right into the deep end, but maybe I do. What? Let me think of how to phrase this. How effective is satire if they don't give you... Does it? Are they required to give you a solution of any kind? Or mm. is it just 
pointing out the flaws because yeah. RoboCop is a seems like it's a pretty good satire. Yeah. It took me really a minute. The first time I watched it, I didn't quite get what the vibe was. Yeah. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's just an 80s action movie. Yep. And I watched it this time, and I, you see that not only is the violence super over the top. Yep. Very intentionally. <laughs> yeah. But they're also pointing it out all the time in mm-hmm. the commercials and the way that these corporations are using it to their own ends. Yeah. So it's clearly a satire of what the over-the-top violence fetish that the 80s had. Yeah. And even like with war and the Reagan era. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But it doesn't propose any sort of solution specifically. Does it need to do that? I think it's interesting because it has... It sets forth the problem, yeah. which I think is a good start for yeah. a lot of people who don't think this is a problem. Sure. You know, even people who don't think that like hyperviolence is connected to anything else in society or right. whatever. But I also think it's it maybe is good enough as satire because it shows who the enemy is, quote unquote. Yeah, like okay. not like in okay. a, like I'm gonna you know punch this guy in the face or whatever. So maybe that is the solution is refocusing your attention on what is the true problem yeah and and trying to yeah point it in the right direction point it in the right kinds of problems the right and not just the surface problems yeah totally that makes sense i don't know i think uh for those who haven't seen robocop yeah you might have looked at it and thought i always thought it was like a terminator-esque yeah thing just a dumb 80s action dumb 80s movie, action movie. And that is, there's a lot of action in it. It does feel like a dumb... It still has those tropes to it. Yeah. But there's a lot of, of stuff that happens in between all yeah. of the hyper-violence yeah. that sort of calls out what they're doing. And even the violence, it does ramp it up just like a little bit in every little way. Yeah. You know, people die in ways that are just like cartoonish. And, and very, it focuses on them. Yeah. Like one at one point, a character gets his hand blown off. Yeah. And then we see his hand, like what the stump of his hand, and it's yeah. really gross. Yeah. They kind of de-glamorize it. At the same time, yeah, they do. They, they really make it like, oh, this is really gross. This is like what it's like. But it's also over the top and fun. The, yeah. It's the viewing we so were at, funny. people were cheering and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. There's a lot of uh, great moments where almost like, so, you know, the part of the premise of the movie yeah we could just go through it's, it it's in like this future detroit where the a lot of private services are being turned over to these corporations and one that they're going to do most recently is the police yes the police is is in the process of being taken over by omnicorp that's a great name. great fake company name great 80s company. and they are going to try to make these police robots they're just gargantuan like walkers walker, basically yeah with guns and uh they do this test the test goes terribly it shoots one of the executives like a lot yeah like i want to say a solid 10 seconds of machine gun fire Comical. apparently in the uncut version they, they had to make 11 uh they had to go back to the mpaa 11 times to get this down to an r <laughs> yeah because the violence was so over the top yeah but in one of the cuts, it goes on for like 30 seconds. Awesome. The so. blood spatter budget for this movie must have been huge. Off, off the charts. Yeah. And so that test fails. So they go with this other test of turning a actual police officer into a RoboCop. Yeah. And which so they have to take, find a deceased 
cop. Like yeah. they basically have to get them fresh while they're just yeah, which is very dying which is dead. very easy because part of the other thing is just the amount of violence that's happening in the city and how dangerous it is to be a cop. Yeah, there've been the like city. thirty cops killed. Yeah, it's crazy, and they're all by the same guy. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so they turn this this guy into a RoboCop, and he doesn't remember who he is. They yes. wipe his memory, and he's just like this. He's the machine. He's the perfect cop yeah. because he can take all these bullets from bad guys and he can target yep. them perfectly to where he can just take them in. Yep. If he and needs he always to. follows the rules. Yep. And he has, he's got three rules and a secret fourth rule, yeah. which we can get to. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool because the movie doesn't even start off with that. It starts off with a bunch of kind of over the top news reports and commercials yeah. to kind of bring you into the world itself. Yeah, about how hyper violent the world is, and how yeah, no one seems to care. Like, it's really jaded. Yeah, which is why I think it still plays so well today because that feels like now. Yeah, exactly. It's all they're all very flippant about it. They have interspersed. Oh, like 110 people died from yeah. when the space laser like <laughs> malfunctioned. <shot>. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just like, "Whoop, sorry." Yeah, it's like well, and even that, I'm pretty sure that was also an Omnicorp. Yeah, it was. Product. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's just like, well, you know. Yeah, so it goes. Let's just, we're going to put these people in charge of the police now, by more, the way. More problems. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they have, it's like two executives competing with each other to see whose project will actually be successful. Yeah. And it's a bunch of people's lives at stake, which is I kind of, I think why it, it plays so effectively as satire. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also, I don't know, it's kind of an impressively complex movie. It is. In terms of how many characters there are, they all have their own separate motivations, and like it all, they're all kind of revolving around these same issues, which, and it makes sense that it would have to be complicated because, you know, society is complicated, and they're trying to show, you know, the intersections between like violence and like privatization of public services. Yeah, totally. And, you know, like uh, nuclear war. Yeah. There's like a little fake commercial in there for like a family board game that's like where they all have to nuke each other. Yeah, where, you where you're trying nuked. to stop, you basically want to stop everyone else from nuking you. Yeah. <laughs> while you are the first one to actually nuke them. Yeah. And so it's a very complicated subject. And yeah, I think they. It got tackled really well. Yeah, that's the trick. Is about I kind of want to eventually we'll bring it into Paul Verhoeven's other movies because a lot of his movies are like this. He's he's a director. He also did Total Recall, Starship Troopers, a few other movies like that, where you can watch the movie on its face and it can be oh this is just you know a dumb action movie about Mm -hmm. this thing, and then you it's always taken me two views at least to yeah. figure out what the what's actually going on yeah so i'm not watching that critically the it first definitely time. doesn't even starship troopers yeah so like starship troopers also seems like a dumb action flick yep and then you watch it again and you see all these little commercials and like the like the automation of everything yeah how everything's like well this is your choice you get it and how everything is just basically geared toward oh let's just send these teenagers out to fight this yeah. war that doesn't matter just putting them in the grinder yeah basically. it's 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 a anti-war movie masquerading as a pro-war movie yeah which is really cool but yeah. also it's played so straight mm-hmm. which i think is what makes it sort of effective satire yeah and that what makes robocop such an effective satire is that you can watch it and not view those know those themes and still think it's a good movie yeah but when you have those themes, it's a million times better. It's and, yeah. such a great movie. And also, I feel like it, part of what makes it good is that you could take in what the movie is trying to get across, even if you're not on board with it. Yeah. Like, even if you think over-the-top violence is awesome, yeah. which, I mean, it kind of is in a movie. It was fun like in Robocop. Movie, for yeah. sure. And it's like, you know, and I like other action movies, but you can still kind of take it in, even like all the commercials. Yeah. I could very easily picture somebody watching this movie 
and like it kind of affecting how they think a little bit. Yeah. Even if they didn't know what Either they were Either way, they, they think it's funny, and yeah. they have to think of why they think it's funny. Yeah. I think even when we talk about the switch from this this guy being a cop, Murphy, to becoming RoboCop. Yes. That's one of the other uh, themes of the movie that I didn't think about at all the first, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, a couple. The, uh, the previous this was my second I time. Yeah. So. I didn't think about it at all, but I thought it was really interesting this time around to think about how this movie is very applicable for right now in that they, and they mentioned this a couple of times where they kind of turn him from a person into a product. Yeah. Totally. I think, you know, obviously it was applicable at the time, but I think even now it's more because of the internet. You're our product. Social media. And like people joke about that, about like how everything's your brand, everything's your content. Well, and just with like Facebook, for example, of how, if you're not paying to use it, you're the product, kind of. Yes, totally. You know? and, and how in the movie, he becomes this product of this company, even though he's kind of a person, and his goal is trying to, to figure out who he is, kind of to try to become a person again. Yes. And I think it's cool how it kind of shows how when you let yourself become a product, you think you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. But you're always kind of seeing it through the filter of what these other people want you to look at. Yes. And I think even the, how they gave him, how they show them giving him like this TV screen vision. Yes. They kind of show, it's kind of goofy. They show them like screwing on this computer screen. <laughs> yeah, and it's it looks really kind of weird and hokey in 80s. But I think that even is a good analogy for, yeah, like letting these other people tell you or show you what you're gonna see all the time yeah and that it it affects what you do even if you don't know it's there i guess for sure that's awesome and the the cool part is that the thing that starts to break him out of it is Mm -hmm. his relationships with other people his real relationships with other people yeah the person that was his partner for like the 10 minutes that he was actually able to have a partner yeah before he died yeah before he he basically died and got turned into robocop and his family that we don't actually see in the movie before he gets turned into RoboCop. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Basically, yeah. he, we know that he has a family. He talks about them. And then he dies. Yep. And then they take what's left of his body and turn him into RoboCop. And then the way that he starts remembering who he is is... Well, he, he remembers who killed him. Yeah. He runs into them again and yep. starts getting these flashbacks. And yep. then he realizes, oh, I have a family. And then going back to his old home, like seeing pictures and remembering memories of his of his his wife and his son are helping him become a human again. Yeah. And then finally the last thing he does is he takes off his helmet. Like the last yeah, half hour That's kind of, of the his movie, last transformation. Yeah, is him taking off his helmet so he doesn't have that vision anymore. Yeah. I mean he probably still does, but nah, whatever. It's symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> he takes off his helmet and he uses it to go back and fight the people that like made him this in the first place. Yeah. Which I think is cool. yeah, and I think even on that I think it is interesting, too, how... And you mentioned before he has this secret fourth rule that he has to follow. His rules are, like, protect the public trust, protect the innocent... Do no harm, basically. Follow the law. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And then he doesn't realize that he has this fourth one, which is to to protect the heads of this company. You are not allowed to arrest... uh, You can't do any harm to an executive of Omnicorp. Omnicorp. And I think that is, I don't know, kind of the last little bit of the symbolism that I think kind of tops it all off Yeah. of like, you can focus on all of these symptoms Mm -hmm. and then it's like, all right, who is really 
pulling all the strings and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. that, And that's something that it's a movie. So, you know, it's a contrivance that maybe it, not everything in the movie has to have a literal one-to-one comparison to real life. Yeah, you know? totally. Yep. But like, I think that is something that people need to think about a lot. For sure. In like the modern world is just like, who are these people who are in charge of all these decisions that we're making all the time? Yeah. What do we do about it? Yep. You know, is, are they better than us because they're so rich? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, all that kind exactly. of stuff. You know, like it doesn't make them like better people, all that kind of thing. And like, obviously that's a little bit of a cliche almost at this point is just like the rich jerk, all that. Well, it's, it's more just like, who are the people in power and why yeah. are they in power? Yeah. And you look at all these people that are in power because, I mean, think of like Jeff Bezos. He's worth what, like $150 yeah. billion yeah. or something? Yeah. Absolutely insane number like that. $150 billion, yeah. That's, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, that's crazy. But what gives him, like, why does he have so much power? Well, yeah. just because he has money. That's it. Yeah. Like, does that make him a better person? No. Yeah. Well, and I, and think, that's, I yeah. think where you're getting at with this where it's like, well, these executives, like the Omnicorp executives mm-hmm. put this in. To be above the law, yeah. like, and that's yeah. Ultimately, we're supposed to be led to believe, and we should, rightly so, yeah. that no one should be above the law. Like, yep. ultimately, RoboCop is following the law exactly, yeah. which is what makes him the good guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too how it shows these executives as being just kind of like everybody else yeah they're, they're just looking jerks. Out, they're looking out for their own stuff they're competing with each other yep it was some of them are dumb yeah you know and it's and that is i think it's accurate you know it's like, just real catty that's yeah. actually kind of another part that's so great about it is that all these executives are just like a bunch of like teenage schoolgirls, like yeah. just like you're in the in click you're in you're out with the the popular person they spend very little time talking about like the problems of the world that they would hypothetically be wanting to solve by taking over the police force they just want to make money they're just trying to this is just a and they actually have that in the boardroom right away they say this we're focusing on stuff that doesn't seem like it would make money yeah and then we're just cornering the market and we make money yeah they that is i thought that was an interesting part of the movie where they talk about making profit like where there are good places to find it, yeah, which is by basically taking over public sector things, yeah. which, yeah, that was a big thing in the 80s, big one now, too, that a lot of people are into. For sure. And it, I think the movie does accurately show how... They don't care bad, about the actual yeah. people, they, they just care yeah. about profits. Yeah, and it's a bad way to probably run the police force. Right, exactly. Uh, we're not there yet. Yet. I'm going to say, probably let's not. Let's... <laughs> uh, For as much power as we have to say no. Yeah, right. I agree, don't do it. Yeah. And then also, I thought it was cool how a little bit later, the 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 more straightforward villains of the movie, which the, is like this gang of violent criminals. Yeah, played by Clarence... What's his name? The dad from that 70s show. The dad show. from that 70s show. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to say uh, Boddicker, but that's his name in the movie. Yeah, Boddicker. Yeah. And so Boddicker and his crew, uh, when they are... When Murphy is going to arrest them towards the beginning of the movie, which is when he gets shot and all that... One of those guys kind of says things along the same lines. Yeah. Of one, you know, you got to find the profit where it's at, kind of. But then also he says something along the lines of, what better way to steal than free enterprise? Oh, yeah, totally. Which, pretty great line. That is incredible. This movie is so tight. Yeah, it really is. And also, can I just say that the villain is so good in this? He's so good. He's so good. He's one of the better villains I've watched in a movie in a while. Just because. He's legit 
insane. He loves crime so much. He just loves being... You can tell he's one of those guys who just does whatever he wants at yep. any given time. Yeah. He does like legit crazy things, yeah. but it's so believable because he doesn't just like monologue about crap. Yeah. He just does whatever his first instinct is, yeah. and that is always like chaos. Now that you say that, I'm, it's making me think of how like I get so sick of sometimes... Like, there'll be these things in movies where, and it'll be trends a lot, yep. where there'll be a trend where this bad guy wants to, like, he thinks, like, humanity's a plague, yeah. or, like, he wants to remake society. They have these uh, big grand plans, yeah, and they're and not this, just selfish jerks. And this guy just wants to do whatever he wants all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, very refreshingly simple. Yeah. Uh, there's a great little bit where he buys one of the other guys in the crew a brand new car. No, and yeah, he or he kind of steals it. I guess he steals a car, and then the other guy also comes up and steals it. And he's like, "Look, I stole this car. Oh, yeah. I see you also got one." Yeah, this is so, when the city, the police are on strike, and so the city's in chaos, and so yeah. they're taking advantage. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's just incredible that he like delivers his one of his crew members a new car. And then he's also showing off this new cool weaponry that he got. Yeah. And he immediately just blows up the new car that he got for his buddy. Yeah. And this guy's just like, oh, what? And it's, that's just so. He's just like, I don't care. It's so delightfully stupid. Yeah. <laughs> As like a big waste of time to just mess with this guy. Right. Who's his friend. Even at the beginning of the movie, the first thing he does, the first thing that we see him doing is they're in the back of a van mm -hmm. and a bank robbery went wrong because the bomb they used to blow up in the vault burned a bunch of the money yeah and he's so mad at this guy yeah, yeah and so when this guy that messed it up gets shot in the leg he uses he he's like can you fly <laughs> and he picks him up and throws him on the cop car that's following them yeah. because he's like this guy's useless he just to me throws his crew member out of the it's van. just the first thing he thinks of and it works it's yeah. really great ah love it so with that I want to talk a little bit about this thing I see on the internet that's actually really cool. Yes. About how this is like a perfectly mirrored script. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this at all? I did a long time ago. Okay, so if you have, if you look up the script for this, or look up this breakdown, mm -hmm. it's essentially... This happens a lot in the Bible, actually, too. Where okay. there will be like A, B, C, B, A, yeah. kind of. So A and A match, B and B match, yep. and C is the turning point that changes the way that B, the B's relate to each other and the A's relate yeah. to each other. Yep. So. For example, the first thing that we see in the movie is commercials. Yep. And then the last thing we see in the, in the movie is commercials. Yep. And that, that contextualizes stuff for us. Yeah. And then we see a, corp, a boardroom uh, as the next thing. And then the ending is also the boardroom. Okay. Yeah, and, then, and the whole movie kind of goes like yeah, that. Yeah, and so it, like we, we see... And then like one of the things is Murphy introducing himself. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it's Murphy regaining his humanity by saying, instead of Robocop, he says, I'm Murphy. Okay. And so there's all oh, these little cool. things in it. And all in the midpoint of the movie, I don't even remember what the midpoint is. Is it probably him in his house? I think it's house? when he confronts uh, the, the the executive. Oh, that could be. Yeah. It's So when he confronts the executive, and he, the executive says, you can't do anything to me because yeah, I'm... Yeah, I know when he learns who the real enemy is, all yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so everything mirrors that point. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, it's... I don't know if nice. they did this intentionally or not. It's almost too perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it's really spot on. It's really yeah. cool. So I recommend anyone just go look that up. Just yeah. kind of like Robocop mirror script. Yeah. I'm always really skeptical of those when I see them, though. Yeah. Because... 
some of them, and I, I haven't read that one in you a very could, long time. You could cherry pick it. Yeah, this one's, this them, one's too good to. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't seem cherry picked. Okay, that's cool. But I've seen other ones like like how the, the Star Wars prequel ones. Star Wars prequels are <laughs> cyclical in like yeah, a really boy. insane way. That one's really contrived. That's that's kind of like uh, Room Two Thirty Seven levels. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, trying to justify this, this is what it's about. Yeah. Well, well, that's probably the other thing is that RoboCop is good anyway. Yeah. The script is good anyway. It doesn't need that. To but be good. But it does do With that. With the Star Wars prequel one, it's people trying to be like, no, it's actually good yeah. because it's this. And it's like, yeah. well, no. No, it's just not if, that if great. If people didn't like take that in at all, then yeah. who cares? Like, right. If you need a film degree to enjoy the movie, it's probably bad. Yeah. Or, or, or your theory sucks. It's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Or that. Yeah. That could be too. But yeah, the, the RoboCop I was gonna, oh, script sorry. is... Okay, go for it. I was just going to say, Dan Harmon... That's his favorite script of all time. Oh, okay. So it, it probably follows the circle thing as well. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Dan Harmon's story. Yeah, he's circles, got his own. But he has kind of like an eight system. point thing that follows the hero's journey. Yeah. And I think it also probably follows that really well. Probably. But yeah, it's just a great script. Yeah. Executed perfectly. Pretty Are there much. any points in the movie that you're like you think is actively bad? It kind of drags with the action for a little while. Really? I think there's so like when he gets to the drug, the big drug bust, for example. Oh yeah. Two thirds of the way through the movie, it kind of he kind of does the same thing a few times in a row. Sure. It feels like they have to show him actually being fighting a crime. Well, and and the when it first starts out where he's fighting crime, it's hilarious. Yeah. That I love. Kind of thing. Yeah. And even when he busts the guy at the gas station, I love that. Oh, but it, like how, when he's tracking down the gang that he's kind of he's he's kind of tracking down the gang, yeah, and making the connections. It's pretty methodical. And even there's the point where the the gang. Uh, when they kind of have their little standoff with the other drug dealers, yeah, and it kind of nothing comes of it a sure. little bit. You don't, I don't care know. so much and, about that. Yeah, and it, maybe they could have just done it faster. Maybe okay. that's what I would have done different. I get you. Uh, but no, they pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I don't know. And and even tw- the the final big battle, I maybe would have had that be shorter. Sure, but I don't know. Yeah, you I want think less action in RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, RoboCop is in the field of movies that I frequently. Th- connect with each other and kind of a lot of john carpenter movies are in on this too okay of there were a lot of things in the 80s that people get excited about that is just lost on me okay i think we talked about this when we talked about the thing probably of people get really excited about like the practical effects yeah which i do love and yeah like ed2 the the big walker robot well that's hilarious that's a totally separate thing that's comic gold it's it's really good yeah but i think more of the you know uh, they're gonna do well, even like the guy who falls in the big vat of acid. Yes. That's kind of cool in its own Love way. Love it. But they just spend a lot of time, and it feels always to me like they're just showing off the bit. prosthetics. Well, I mean, they're showing off the gore effects. You don't care about that. I don't care. You don't want it to be a smooth transition. I like the focus yeah. on it, but I get why you wouldn't. I, part of what I like about that kind of thing is it's like extreme abruptness. Yeah. And so for them to, you don't. I feel you want like it to be more fo- of a. They kind of focus on it for a quick second, yeah. and it kind of drags out the. You want it to be me. more of a seamless edit, yeah, probably. Which that's one thing I would probably say, is that I think what you don't like really more than anything is '80s editing. Yeah, probably. And and I think some of that is just that, you know, there are specific ways to edit stuff, mm-hmm. but there's no way a modern editor would edit a movie like they did in the '80s. Probably not, because there are new tricks that they've learned about like how editing works and even how action works. Yeah. Modern Hollywood action movies just have like the shaky cam editing that the Bourne movies started basically, which is like 
if we just have it really shaky, we don't have to show how bad everyone is at <laughs> yeah. doing the action scenes. Yeah. And it's like the opposite of Jackie Chan movies yep. where Jackie Chan's stuff's so good because they show the punch and then mm-hmm. they cut to a different thing and show and back up a couple frames and show the punch yeah. again. Yeah. So it feels like it hits really hard. Well, I think that's what's maybe weird about this kind of editing is that it's so focused on like the reaction. Yeah. And so, and I'm sure part of it is, you know, it would be very hard to have a actually show a guy's hand getting shot off. Yes. You know, and so they kind of do, I think, focus more on the... The after effects. Yeah, the after effects of the action. They do that. You know, now you're right. It kind of lingers. That's really what they do is they're like kind of... It's like hiding the actual, what would be the hardest effect. Yeah. It's it's really smart cuts. Yeah, it is. And and it's usually very convincing, but now we're so used to seeing the thing because CGI is so far advanced. That's true. That there's almost no reason for them to try that unless they're a tiny budget film. Yeah. And so, but I like those things because I think they're really tricky. Yeah. And as long, and I think RoboCop sells me on those things. Yeah. Well, and that's what's cool. And I think RoboCop does nail it because, like I mentioned, the guy who falls in the big vat of acid, or no, a vat of, he crashes his van into a vat of acid. Yes. And that they kind of do. The trick uh, is, you never see him, like, get, you see the vehicle run into the vat. Yeah. And then all the acid washes out of the back of the truck and he sweeps out of it (laughs) and he's already got the melty prosthetics on. Yeah. He's disgusting. He's he's gross. But that's why I think Robocop is maybe one of the best case scenarios of it is because they're comical most of the time. Yeah. And so everyone in the theater was laughing so hard. So this guy, especially at the peak of that, yeah, (laughs) which is also an effect that they cut really well. Yeah. So this actually mirrors, this is another cool thing about the mirror thing. Yeah, sure. At the beginning, you know, when, when Boddicker throws that, his guy out Yep. and it, and it stops a car chase from happening (laughs) in this way. Another guy runs into a car and yeah. it stops the chase. Yeah, but in this time it's re- it's mirrored on him. Yeah, so basically Boddicker's driving through this, the bad guy, and uh, yeah. and he hits his own dude who is who, like who fell out of the back of a van. Yeah, who's dissolving <laughs> from this acid. Oh uh, yeah, and he just explodes. And <laughs> it's just a wash of goo over the windshield. <laughs> yeah. But the best part is they show him like driving up to it, like mm-hmm. they show the car coming, and then they just show the inside of his windshield and this just gush of goo. <laughs> it's and it's so, so perfect because of course you don't see the guy split in half. No, yeah, but. Basically, that's what happened, and it's perfect editing because yeah. everyone in the theater just went, "Oh, uh, yeah!" It's it's incredible. It was awesome. I think they definitely do save it with the comedy. Yeah, but yeah, and well, and actually, even a lot of the, and this is the part that I think most of the time is what what saves or doesn't save these kind of action things is whether or not you care. Yeah, for you know, sure. and so all the stuff with Murphy towards the beginning. When he's like getting almost killed, yeah, uh, that is one where it it you care about him. So yeah. it doesn't like a little bit. It would least. be a little bit more weird if, if it was just some random guy. Okay, here's a weird to focus on him. Here's a weird observation. Did you care more about Robocop than about Murphy as a human? Because I didn't care about Murphy the human that much. But when he was Robocop, I mean a lot of that's just how yeah. movies work. Like yeah. we we've been along with him for an hour and a yeah. half. But I care more about him once he's a Robocop. I think I cared more about I didn't care really about RoboCop when he was basically when he has, still has the helmet on. Yeah, yeah you that makes do sense. a little bit then, but like once he starts to become Murphy again. Yeah, that's the trick. He has to kind of have both. 
Because we know when he's like when he's just starting out being RoboCop, he's like functionally invincible. Yeah, he's just and he has no emotions. Either. And he has no emotions. But then I think once he starts to become Murphy again, he starts to reconnect with his partner. Yeah, he has a little monologue about how he doesn't remember his family. So I think it kind of brings them both together. Yeah, and that's maybe the connection that's because between it. the two of them, Murphy just by himself, he's a little cocky. He's a little, but he he mentions his family, but you don't really see him care about them or connect with yeah, them. Yeah, I just feel like he doesn't have enough of a personality yeah. to really care about them. I mean, he he does. He's a little smug, like in yeah, a fun way. Yeah, he's a little like he makes jokes. He makes a joke to his partner about how he likes to break in his partner by driving, even though he's the new guy. Yeah, totally. stuff like that. He talks about how he you know he spins his pistol all the time because his kid because his kid that. watches a tv show where the yeah. hero does that and so, he wants to impress yeah his kid. so i think once you kind of separate him into robocop and then robocop goes to like his home has all these flashbacks about his family yeah then he's murphy again and then once he be, starts to become murphy again i think that kind of brings it all yeah. together okay i think you're right yeah that's, that's cool. kind of cool that makes sense yeah. A lot of it's just script 101. Yeah, All stories. We care about them more at the end than the beginning. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. If, if it's good. Yeah. Man, this movie's cool. There's yeah. so many cool moments and so many quotable lines. Uh, what does he say to the guy he shoots between the your legs? Your move, creep. Your move, creep. <laughs> Incredible. So good. Uh, the, be- the other best line is, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah, for That's sure. That's an incredible line. Uh, yeah. Caution, cursing incoming. The best line of the movie, definitely, is when Boddicker... <laughs> The gang I'm leader. Let you say it because I want to say it. The gang leader bursts into uh, this hotel room, I think, or maybe it's the guy's house. Anyway, it's one of the CEO types of the company. It's his house. Uh, yeah, it's his house. He's with these. I think he's with a couple of prostitutes or something. Yeah. Yep. And they're doing cocaine and all this. It's very eighties. Uh, it's very eighties. And so Boddicker bursts in. Because he's been hired to basically kill this guy. And so, or no, he first he knocks on the door. CEO goes up, answers this door. Boddicker bursts his way into the room. And he sa- he sees the girls there and he says, bitches leave. In this great <laughs> monotone, which makes no sense. And I've read that because Paul Verhoeven does not speak English as his first language. Yeah. That like they asked him, like, that's kind of a weird line, right? And he's like, I don't even know if they asked they yeah. just found out from how he described the scene of like, okay, you come into the room, you see the bitches, they're sitting on the floor, you tell the bitches to leave. And like, they kind of realized from talking, like, oh, like, he just thinks that's how you refer to like a group of women, I guess, or something. Just so like, crazy. Yeah, but uh, lots of laughter from that line. That is, the that line killed <laughs> oh, man. at the theater. What was, what was the point, since we watched it in the theater, which was yeah. great. Yeah. What was the point where we they got like the most laughs? Pretty close to the end, right? That's when people were really losing it. The uh, the end. So the and spoilers for the end of the movie when RoboCop is going trying to bust this whole thing open. One of the C, one of the heads he of to, the company he goes to Omnicorp. One of the heads of Omnicorp was like paying this gang to do all this crime and yeah. show these cops to make the policing more profitable basically yep. and to make his since robocop wasn't his project oh yeah he wants his project the, he's trying to sabotage robocop yeah he wants his robots the walker yeah. robots to be the main police force so when robocop goes to the end goes to omnicorp and he wants to shoot this guy and then last the the actual head of the company the president fires this guy he says you're fired and then robocop is like thanks and he can, so he can finally shoot the guy. Yeah, so he kills the guy. So he shoots him like so many times that he like falls backwards out this plate glass yep. window. And 
people cheered and clapped. <laughs> yeah. It was very funny. It was great. It was a, we saw it in a theater that's here in Minneapolis, in case any Minneapolis people are listening. It's called the Trilon Theater. It's about 100 seats. Yeah. Perfect viewing of Incredible old movies. Incredible to watch old movies. And yep. they have stuff like this. So. so that was well worth it. It's cool to go see old movies in the theater. It really is. Like you saw Ferris Bueller and we yep. talked about that. Yeah, we saw Alien. That yeah, was that was so good. Yeah. I, we're going to have to see a bunch more because the Trilon Theater, they're going to have like spaghetti westerns for a couple weeks. So get ready for some Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, we'll definitely talk about that. Absolutely. But in the meantime... Well, and right now they're doing Paul Verhoeven. Well, they probably just got done with Paul yeah, Verhoeven. Yeah, I think this weekend is the last weekend. And we can recommend also to people Starship Troopers. And Total Recall. Total Recall, yes. It's so good. Yes. Uh, did he make... He did Showgirls, too, which was yeah, the first one yeah, I've showing, never they're seen. Yeah, they're showing Showgirls. I've never seen Showgirls. Apparently, it's over the top and It's hilarious. very, like, soap opera trashy, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend those. Track anybody... down any Paul Verhoeven, but especially RoboCop. I think I would maybe start with RoboCop. Start with RoboCop. Then watch Total Recall, then watch Starship Troopers. I feel like Starship Troopers would be the most likely one that people our age would have just seen incidentally. Yeah, exactly. Because of when it came out. So like, watch it again with a, this in this lens in mind, and you'll get a lot more out of it, I think. I think you would. It's, it's really cool. Kind of a... It's campy. And it's it, the whole gist of it is that it's against having the military run society. Right. I think is roughly... Yeah. Which is, yeah. Because the original book was very pro-military in the exact same way. Yeah. Which, so. yeah, I wonder if RoboCat was based on anything. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think it was just some script. Just pure genius flowing out of the, somebody's mind. What if a robot was a cop? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, I gotta say this too. Yeah. Great. So, I was asking Lydia if she'd seen RoboCop before, if she wanted to go with us. Yeah. And if, Lydia, if you're listening, I'm only sharing this story because I think it's great. It's really, uh, it's, it's truly very it's, good. So, she was like, I think I saw that one, and we were talking about it more, and she was describing it, and I'm like, no, oh, that's not right what oh i think you're thinking of i robot which is a movie about a guy who polices robots who's a he's a cop and he polices robots he's a robot cop this is a robot cop (laughs) not a a robo cop two different things yeah yeah that is but i've been thinking about that so much because it's like yeah that is an equally valid idea of what a robo cop should be yeah it really i think that's it really wrinkled my brain a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you can skip iRobot, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Go see RoboCop. Go see RoboCop. Don't accidentally see iRobot. <laughs>